my place You can sleep late, I don't mind Break some eggs, make a mixtape And let it play like 20 times I ain't got no money But I got lots of time So let's spend a little, live a little Cause every day the sun will rise Come smell the roses, oh Come take your time Hello and welcome into 444.com's The Most Accurate Podcast. My name is Anthony Stalzer, joined as always by my partner in crime, John Paulson. JP, how are we doing today? Anthony, it's good to have you back. How was the wedding last weekend? It was good. It was it was uh, beautiful up in upstate New York. My cousin Lindsay got married there and uh, it was a lot of fun, but I, I certainly miss doing the podcast, so I'm glad, glad uh, we got the band back together here. And speaking of band, if you like that transition, tell us nice. about the music. <laughs> That's a that was a professional. That's why you're a pro. Uh, the name of the band is Run River North. Uh, the track is called Wake Up. It's actually a single that they just released this year. Uh, they are a Korean American indie folk rock indie pop band from Los Angeles, California. So check it out. They've got a couple other tracks that I like. Um, they have a uh, cover of uh, Mr. Bright uh, Mr. Brightside. Uh, it's kind of an acoustic uh, slow cover. Uh, of the uh, the killers hit and there's another track called runner hide which was a kind of a minor hit in 2016 so uh, check it out before we get into the, the pod today i wanted to let you know so i john i saw that you mentioned this on twitter and i think the listeners should know as well we have an a rankings accuracy update through six weeks john our very own john paulson is currently sitting in the number five spot out of 129 rankers at fantasy pros and is number two out of 63 rankers at a new accuracy study at Fantasy Nation. So John and the site off to a fantastic start this season, accuracy-wise. And John has finished in the top six in seven of the last nine years of Fantasy Pros, which is why we call this the most accurate podcast. So JP, you're a very humble guy, but I'll say it for you. Congratulations. This is, this is uh, uh, an outstanding start for you. It's a good start, but we have a long way to go, and I'm just going to keep chugging along. I'm not, you can't get comfortable in these types no, of things. No, that's true. you got to constantly look for uh, improvement, continuous improvement. Uh, so that's, that's kind of how we approach things at 4 for 4 You sound right now like a, like a head coach or an athlete. Like, yeah, coach you know, it's, it's been pretty good so far, but we've got a lot of long season ahead of us, and we just want to get back to the practice and look at the film. And Yeah, so well done. Hey, this is a good time, too, to mention. If you use this code... T-M-A-P at 4 for 4, you're going to get six, uh, 25% off any rest of season subscription. 25% off any rest of season subscription, which includes all of those rankings where John has continued to perform week after week with high, high accuracy marks. So that all goes together, plus we're giving you a discount. Use the code T-M-A-P, 25% off any rest of season subscription. The prices were reduced uh, a while ago, a couple weeks ago, but you can get an additional 25% off with the code TMAP. If you're going to sign up and you want to give John a little bit more credit, click on the link in his Twitter bio or click the link bit.ly backslash TMAP John. All caps on the TMAP John portion of it. Sign up and he'll get a little kickback. But again, if you missed kind of the, the link I just noted, 
head to his Twitter bio, and you can click the link right there. Today we're going to discuss the latest news and injuries, recap the Chiefs-Broncos Thursday night game, which obviously will lead off with the big injury news there with Patrick Mahomes, and then we'll, we'll discuss some of John's sneaky starts for Week 7. But first, a word from our sponsors. Fantasy Draft, the only rake-free daily fantasy site, brings the heat again with a $500,000 guaranteed rake-free contest. The Hooter main event is the largest and the only rake-free contest of its kind, and you're going to find that for available for Week 7. Remember, only on Fantasy Draft are 100% of the entry fees paid to contest winners. So sign up at FantasyDraft.com with promo code 444, and you're going to get a free 7-day trial membership. This podcast also brought to you by Iconic, a not-for-profit organization that will help you find the perfect pair of eyewear or contacts. John, let's dive into some of the news surrounding Week 7, including looks like Saquon Barkley will return this week for the Giants. What sort of workload can owners expect in his first game back? Well, he was uh, supposedly going to be back for the Patriots game uh, last Thursday and didn't make it back, and I think they gave him an extra... I guess I gave him an extra 10 days to recover. So I think he's probably very close to 100%, if not 100%. Uh, he's been kind of coy with whether or not he was going to play or not. But, I, you know, they, they haven't really limited him ever. Uh, so I would expect a, a near full workload. Wayne Gallman is going to be back. He had a concussion, but it looks like he's going to be healthy. They may spell him, uh, spell Barkley a, a series or two more than they would normally, but I think he's a strong RB1 uh, this week against the Cardinals. Let's talk about Todd Gurley. He's trending in the right direction, but still looks questionable. Malcolm Brown, his backup, has an ankle sprain. How do you see this Rams backfield shaping up in a in a prime matchup with that hapless Atlanta Falcons defense? <laughs> I'm I love, a lot of shade. Crap <laughs> on a lot your of shade team. of my Falcons. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it's a great matchup. Uh, I think we'll see Gurley in his usual role from 2019, which is not his typical role from years prior where he's getting about 15 to 17 touches if he's uh, pretty close to healthy. Um, You know, I think Brown being dinged up has maybe caused them to advance the the timetable a little bit on Gurley, but um, he's trending the right way. Um, And then I went back and watched uh, Daryl Henderson, uh, or is it Daryl Henderson? Uh, at yeah, uh, his yeah, he had a pretty good uh, stretch there. Uh, had a couple of explosive runs. He was running very hard. He's running like a guy who's who's been sitting on the bench the whole time and was happy to get into the game, uh, and maybe thought that he was going to have a bigger role <laughs> this year than <laughs> than he has had. So um, my guess right now, and we don't know what happened on Friday with Brown, but if he sits on Friday uh, today uh, as well, then I'm guessing he'll be out. And it'll be Gurley and Henderson, and maybe Henderson having a little bit bigger role than um, than maybe Brown had when uh, in, in the weeks prior when Gurley and Brown were both ha- uh, healthy and active. Doesn't look too good for Alvin Kamara. Did not practice all week. They also signed Zach Zenner. It, it's shaping up where uh, Alvin Kamara owners John won't won't have their RB one this weekend in Chicago. Yeah, just an update on Malcolm Brown. I just saw these doubtful. Uh, just came up so. Uh, breaking news there on the pod. Uh, so, yeah, you're looking at Darrell uh, Henderson uh, and um, uh, Gurley there. I think Gurley will be the RB1 as, as he, if he returns. And uh, moving on to, to New Orleans, uh, the Zach Zenner signing, I think, kind of signaled that they were not expecting Kamara to be able to make it um, today or uh, this week. So the the 
obvious bump is Latavius Murray. And as a ranker, you kind of, you don't want to go crazy with your, you know, moving your RB2, your backups up to where uh, the RB1 was probably going to be ranked. And, you know, Kamara would have been uh, in that, probably in that eight to 10 range uh, if he were healthy. But since he's not, um, you're looking at Murray probably as a solid RB2. I probably would have him uh, in the teens. Uh, I have to look at it once, uh, once I get done with uh, doing injuries today. Uh, the matchup is not great. The Bears obviously have a very good defense. They're not going to get a lot of touchdowns scored on them, but they have given up yards. Um, they've yielded uh, 137 total yards and 0.8 touchdowns to opposing running backs, including 7.4 receptions per game. So the real question is what, you know, assuming the, the Saints are able to kind of have that production or close to that production, the real question is, is it is it Murray on basically an every down uh every down or is it, are they trying to spell him with Zenner or whoever else? Um, I mean, I think they'll probably, this is why they paid him. They, they paid him to, to be the insurance for Kamara and uh, he'll be a pretty solid start uh, as an RB two, a fantasy RB two and in DFS, I'm sure he'll be a, a good value this week. Let's talk about your Packers receiving core. So Devonte Adams says his toe is a million times better. Added that this week is not out of question. Next week is not out of question, but didn't practice all week. And I believe John, you can correct me on this. I, I thought I saw that he he's been ruled out, but maybe I I saw I, I misread something. Um, I, think Marquez, he, I think he is ruled out. Okay, there you go. So uh, Marquez Valdez Scantling finished week six game against the Lions, but hasn't practiced all week. Geronimo Allison also looks doubtful with a concussion and a chest injury. The Packers are left with Alan Lazard, Jake Kumaro, Darius Shepard, and Ryan Grant. The Packers always throw out names, John, that uh, trip one of us up. After after a 4 one which would be four catches, 65 yards, and a touchdown on five targets against the Lions. Uh, Lazard has been kind of a, a hot pickup this week. Is he the best play of the group, or was this just kind of a situation where he got into the game and saw some targets from Aaron Rodgers but won't translate to today's to uh, Sunday's game? Well, if you remember, it was kind of a crazy game on Monday night. I don't know if you, there was a there was some uh, controversial calls in that game, by the way. I would say so. Uh, I've been tweeting about it, and people are very angry with me. Um, one uh, one group of people were talking about. I think he's going through something. He keeps talking about this, like like they were the, the, they were like talking about me, um, like I wasn't there on the, on the there. thread in Twitter. Yeah, it was pretty funny. Um, anyway, uh, so Lazard, I just didn't like the fact that they everybody's putting an asterisk on the win, and then. Everybody forgot about the the bad calls that didn't go the Packers' way for the first three quarters. It just happened to be two bad calls or one and a half bad calls went uh, went the Packers' way uh, late in that game. And right. so suddenly now there's a vast conspiracy for the Packers to <laughs> to win games. Like if you ever, oh god, I don't even want to get into it anymore. All right, uh, Lazard, uh, four for sixty five and a touchdown on five targets uh, against the Lions. This was an interesting situation because Darius Shepard was playing ahead of him and. Uh, you know, he fumbled, he muffed a punt or whatever, gave the ball right back to the Lions. And then he had a terrible play where he slipped and the ball hit him in the chest as he was on the ground and it popped up as they were going in to score um, for an interception. So I think what happened, or I read a story that um, Aaron Rodgers basically asked for Lazard to come in and he only played uh, 17 snaps, but he ended up with four catches and was targeted five times on 17 snaps. So he was getting open and this is this has been part of the problem with 
uh, the Packer receiving core outside of Devontae Adams this year. You know, Mark, Mark, uh, Marcus Valdez-Scantling has a lot of speed, but he has not been getting open. Jake Kumaro uh, is supposed to be a really crafty route runner, and Aaron Rodgers is supposed to love him, but he has not been getting open and getting targets. Uh, so for Lazard to come in and actually post a nice game, um, 16.5 fantasy points PPR in just 17 snaps is pretty encouraging. And if you're looking at, if you're looking for a player this week that you, you know, a spot start that you need uh, to plug in, um, Lazard is really compelling given the matchup against the, the Raiders, his production. Uh, I also think Kumaro could, uh, this could be his week um, because he's been, you know, in, in the lineup now and playing quite a bit since uh, Devontae Adams has been out and he's been getting uh, targets here and there. But, you know, if Geronimo Allison, MVS, and Adams are all out, there's really no one else for, for Rodgers to throw to in the receiving core other than maybe Lazard and Kubro. And, you know, Shepard is now going to be the third receiver and they just signed Ryan Grant off the, off the, off the street. So I think Lazard and Kubro are pretty good sneaky starts Lazard I definitely would rank higher I'm going to rank higher uh this is a downgrade for Aaron Rodgers because he's without most of his receivers although they will throw to Aaron Jones a bit more they'll throw to uh, Jamal Williams a bit more they'll throw to the tight ends a little bit more so maybe Mercedes Lewis is a a deep streaming option because uh, Jimmy Graham is dealing with an ankle injury and isn't 100 percent uh so they're just going to try to get through the game and and with the Raiders uh, being without Tyrell Williams, I believe uh, they're shorthanded as well. I believe Darren Waller is banged up. Um, so this is could be a, kind of an ugly game, but I think the Packers are just trying to get through it and uh, get another week under their belt, get another win under their belt before they can get these receivers back. All right, let's move on. So we'll get you some meds so that you're <laughs> Xanax. Whatever, yeah, whatever you're dealing with in your life right now that's causing you to keep going back to this Packers-Lions game. John, we'll move forward. Uh, moving on to the Dallas receiving course. It was looking pretty bleak all week, but Amari Cooper and Randall Cobb both returned to practice today, today being Friday, so they have a chance to play on Sunday night against the Eagles, and boy, what a matchup that is, too, with the Eagles struggling secondary-wise. How confident would you be in Cooper if he is active on, Saturday, on Sunday night football? He was reportedly in terrible pain as recently as five days ago when he left that game against the Jets early. Yeah, I hate these types of rankings, like having to rank Cooper in this situation because I kind of been assuming he'd be out. I had Gallup ranked very high, um, and then now he's going to play it apparently. And they're he's playing because the Cowboys are in dire straits and they need the win desperately. So he's trying to get it out. Um, he's not a hundred percent. So you have a player who's quite talented, always very good at home. Uh, but is dealing with a very painful quad injury that he couldn't play through last week. He only played three snaps after and they got injured and didn't practice until Friday today uh, with a great matchup against the Eagles. Um, but you have no idea how healthy he is and you don't have any idea how long he'll play. Um, so I, you know, I gut tells me that if he's 90, 80, 90, 80, 90%, we should have him ranked as like a high end wide receiver too. Uh, because just one big play against this Eagles defense could make his fantasy day. Uh, I currently have him at the kind of the wide receiver two, wide receiver three, wide receiver three border in the early twenties. I actually have Gallup higher, a bit higher. I definitely will have those two ranked closer to each other than I would on a normal uh, week, where normally I would have Cooper like in the top ten and Gallup in the thirties. Um, but those two are going to be quite a bit closer. I think they'll lean on Gallup more because he's healthier, and maybe um, Cooper's snaps are a little bit limited. As for um, uh, Randall Cobb, he's just like a dart throw. Uh, I don't trust him. Uh, he's 
also trying to get healthy and is gutting it out. Uh, but they could they could spell him with uh, Tavon Austin quite a bit. Austin was decent last week and a, a larger role. I think he had six targets and five catches, if I remember correctly. Uh, so they could kind of split that work between Cobb and, and Austin and not lose a whole lot. What's your advice for Josh Gordon owners? Because he didn't practice yesterday, but the, the Patriots don't play until Monday night, so he's going to have a full extra day to get that knee healthy. Philip Dorsett also is dealing with a hamstring injury. I mean, I, I would assume both are questionable at this point. So what, what's your best advice for Josh Gordon owners? Uh, usually with these with the Patriots, you have to see who makes the trip. Um, and But they play the Jets, so it's not a long trip. Uh, I don't know when their flight will be uh, in this case, but or if they even take a maybe they'll maybe they'll just take a bus down there. Um, but I don't think Gordon will play based on the injury. It looked pretty bad. Uh, he got twisted up on a, as he was tackling uh, on a fumble recovery return for a touchdown, or I don't know if it was referred. To, it was the fumble ret- uh, return. Uh, he got injured there. I'm not expecting him to play. I don't have him in the rankings. I think Philip Dorsett's a, a really Nice sneaky start given his production early in the season, uh, in the in the games, uh, in the one game without or in the three games without uh, Antonio Brown, he had touchdown three touchdowns in those three games. Uh, he had one bad game and two good games in those three games. And then I think Jacoby Myers will play quite a bit of snaps as well, quite a few snaps alongside Dorsett and Julian Edelman. I think Edelman's like a no-brainer or wide receiver one this situation um, as well. So I think. Uh, Josh Gordon owners, you could pick up Jacoby Myers off the waiver wire. Dorsett might be available if you're in a shallow league. Dorsett's definitely the better play, in my opinion. Sterling Shepard for the Giants. He's got a concussion, won't be cleared for Week 7 against the Cardinals. He has practiced on a limited basis, but clearly wasn't cleared. So what about Golden Tate, Darius Slayton, Cody Lattimore? I mean, these, these are some of the names that could be in the wide receiver groupings for the Giants as they take on Arizona, who has been bad defensively, but Patrick Peterson is back from PED suspension, so they, they certainly look a little bit better on that side of the ball now. Yeah, you mentioned a key there uh, with, with Peterson being back because initially when I looked at this matchup and uh, Sterling Shepard being out, I was thinking Slayton would be a, a sneaky start, but uh, he's going to see Peterson probably in half his snaps, uh, so that kind of throws some cold water on his, on his upside. Uh, probably a lot of Evan Ingram and Golden Tate, um, but Slayton is a decent dart throw because uh, he won't. I don't think Peterson will sh- uh, shadow him. It'll be probably Cody Latimer and, and and Slayton on the outside, and and Peterson will probably play his side, uh, and Slayton moves around. So um, he's a decent dart throw, but you know he's not like maybe a high end wide receiver four like I would have had him ranked if Peterson hadn't been back. But a lot of Golden Tate, I definitely would play him this week, and Evan Ingram's a fantastic start since he'll be back. I know that Darren Waller has been one of those key pickups for people that have tight end issues or tight, dealing with bye weeks with their tight end spot. But Waller was downgraded to limited in practice on Thursday. I haven't seen an update for Friday yet, but not a great look when a player is being downgraded midweek. Do you think that Darren Waller still plays against the Packers? Yeah, it's a it's a the key is today, and we don't have info because they you know we're on Pacific time out here and we're a little bit later, so. Um, just pay attention to that. If he's out today, then you start to get worried about his availability, and then you're looking at uh, Foster Moreau um, as the uh, primary uh, tight end there uh, for the for the um, for the Raiders. And he's been his his snaps and routes have increased since they've had all those injuries in the receiving core. And he's actually a sneaky start, I think, uh, with Waller in the lineup because they're just so short-handed at 
at receiver, but if Waller's out, then you're definitely looking at Moreau as a, as a value play, a dart throw uh, at the tight end position. All right, we're going to talk about the Thursday night game, including a discussion about possible fill-ins for Patrick Mahomes, along with John's sneaky stars. But first, a word from our sponsors. Today's episode was sponsored in part by Iconic, where you can shop name brand glasses, contacts, and sunglasses for the best possible price. Iconic seamlessly connects your eyewear, your vision insurance coverage, and your doctor's expertise with their network of over 38,000 eye doctors. Use their virtual try-on tool to see yourself in your favorite pair of glasses. John, I know you recently bought a pair of glasses from Iconic, right? Yeah, I actually got a pair of prescription Nike sunglasses. I was able to search by the size of the frames, and I have a big head, so that certainly helped. <laughs> and the site actually scanned my face for their virtual try-on feature, which was pretty cool. Uh, uploading my prescription was easy, and my sunglasses came within a few days, so all in all, it was a good experience. Well, if you want to be like John, enjoy the view and visit iconic.com backslash T-M-A-P. That's E-Y-E-C-O-N-I-C.com backslash T-M-A-P to shop 60 high-quality name brands, including Nike, Ray-Ban, Oakley, and AccuView. Get free shipping and returns, price matching, and a complimentary frame adjustment, plus save up to $220 when you apply for your insurance. Don't have insurance? Use the code TMAP to get 10% off your entire order. Iconic is looking out for your eyes. One other note on that Iconic link, the TMAP has to be in all caps for the link to work, so make sure that when you type in TMAP, make sure that's all caps for that link to work. Also, this podcast is brought to you by Fantasy Draft, the only rake-free daily fantasy site in the business. Brings the heat again with a $500,000 guaranteed rake-free contest. It's called the Hooter Main Event with its $70,000 first place payout. This is the largest and only rake-free contest running anywhere for NFL Week 7. That's right. Fantasy Draft is the only daily fantasy site where you can play contests with no management fees, taken out of the prize pools, 100% of the time, not just for a limited time for promotional contest, 100% of the time. Listen, as other fantasy sites continue to raise rake, prize pools are being squeezed, making it harder for players like you to win, whether you call it rake, commission, or management fee, the days of paying 10, 12, or even 16% off your entry fees to fantasy companies are now over. No longer will you lose 30% of your bankroll to the house. Sign up at FantasyDraft.com today with promo code 444, and you'll get a free seven-day trial on your first $1,000 of rake-free entry fees. That's FantasyDraft.com, promo code 444. Don't miss your shot at millions of dollars in rake-free contests this season. You could start playing at Fantasy Draft today. Your bankroll certainly is going to love it. All right, let's dive into a conversation about the Thursday night football game, and we lead off with Patrick Mahomes injury news. So it's a dislocated kneecap. He's going to miss a minimum of three weeks. What possible fill-ins are out there for Patrick Mahomes owners? Yeah, this injury, um, this is this will be interesting to see when he actually gets back. I, said, I know I understand that it says minimum of three weeks. It probably depends on how the Chiefs are doing. Uh, but they have the Packers next week. They have the um, Vikings in week nine. They have the Titans in week 10. And then they have the uh, Chargers in week 11, and then they have their week 12 bye. So a lot of times these injuries, the guys getting close to getting back, they give them that extra week of the bye to get them fully healthy for the for the stretch run. Um, so we'll see if he misses three games or four games. Uh, that's kind of a big question. I'm not, I wouldn't count on having him back for week 11 is what I'm saying. Um, so I'm looking at 
when I looked at uh, our hotspots report and I trying to see which quarterbacks would be available on some waiver wires, which which quarterbacks are available on a lot of waiver wires um, to, to give listeners an idea of who to, to pick up. And I think if you're in a shallow league, um, Josh Allen is a very nice pickup. He obviously has Miami this week, so he may not be available. But if he is available, he's a he's a great pickup. Philly, Washington, Cleveland, and Miami the next four weeks. Um, Jameis Winston, 74%. Uh, owned in Yahoo leagues. He has Tennessee, Seattle, Arizona, uh, New Orleans, and Atlanta in the next five weeks. Jimmy Garoppolo, 62% owned. Uh, he's got Carolina, which is a bad matchup, but then after that he's got Arizona, Seattle, and Arizona again, so that's a pretty good three-game three, three game run. Kirk Cousins, 61% owned. Washington, KC, Dallas, and Denver, so the only really scary matchup there is that Denver game. Uh, they're pretty good against the pass. Uh, Stafford, Matthew Stafford, 57% owned. Uh, he's got the Giants, Oakland, Chicago, and Dallas. So two really good matchups there to start, Giants and Oakland. Maybe you can pick him up and then stream another player for the next two or three weeks uh, to avoid that Chicago matchup. Uh, Jacoby Brissett would be okay. Uh, he's not great, though. He's got Denver, which is not a great matchup, and Pittsburgh uh, before a nice stretch of Miami, Jacksonville, and Houston. So you could maybe pair Stafford with Brissett. Uh, Daniel Jones, 32% owned. Uh, Detroit, Dallas, and, and the Jets um, coming up. And then Sam Darnold, who's actually the, the guy that jumped out at me as I was going through in order of who was available. Uh, he's 29% owned, so he's out there on quite a few waiver wires. He's got Jacksonville, Miami, the Giants, the Redskins, the Raiders, the Bengals, and then Miami again. So wow. that's a really, like, that to me was like, oh, that's, that's the one to go for. Uh, that's the player to go for for most people because he's probably available on the waiver wire in most leagues, and he has a great matchup and, and showed last week that he's got um, some upside there in that offense. And once they get Chris Herndon back, it'll be even better. The only team that you didn't mention there that could make could make it all sweeter is Atlanta because we know that defense is an absolute dumpster fire, John. So um, <laughs> just want to let you know that again. Let's talk about – can you tell I'm angry about the current Falcons situation here? Uh, let's talk about the Chiefs' backfield. LaShawn McCoy played 43% of the snaps and had 14 touches for 76 yards. Damian Williams played 28% of the snaps, had 11 touches for 6 yards. Darrell Williams played 30% of the snaps and had 4 touches for 6 yards. Per PFF, Darrell, uh, Darrell ran more routes, 13, than both McCoy and Damian. McCoy had 11 uh, Darrell at 13 and Damian at seven. What do you make of this backfield with Mahomes out for the next three weeks? It looks like the Chiefs might finally get get the running game going a little bit more. Well, I, I'm not real happy with uh, Damian Williams' production and his his general role in the offense, but it's it's the two are going hand in hand because he just isn't been producing like he had last year in the in the six or seven game stretch that he had, and that was the worry that people had was that it was a small sample size and that he wasn't going to continue to produce. I think the the running game in general is not as good, but LaShawn McCoy, uh, given his ability to make cuts and see the hole, uh, is producing, whereas Damian is not. Um, just watching their both their touches last night, McCoy just looks like he's the better running back right now, and um, and the and the snaps are starting to follow that. And McCoy is will be ranked for me will be ranked ahead of Damian until this turns around, if it turns around. So, the good news is that they are trying to get the ball. Uh, to Damian Williams in the red zone. He was in on the most of the red zone carries and touches, and he didn't score, but he did score last week, and they, they do seem like to think that he's the 
the red zone back for them. Uh, he is pretty versatile as a pass catcher and as a runner. So um, he sh- should score some touchdowns. But this whole situation with Mahomes being out is going to set this whole offense back, I don't know, 15 20%. And that's going to make a couple of these guys unplayable. I think he can probably play McCoy, but then Damian Williams and Daryl Williams just probably won't be worth it. They've got... Green Bay, which is a good matchup. Um, Minnesota, Tennessee, and the Chargers up next. Um, nothing jumping out as a, you know, a great situation. Green Bay, Green Bay typically is pretty bad against the run this year, but they did look pretty good against the Lions last week. So we'll see if that continues. Um, but at this point, you know, McCoy is somewhat trustworthy, but the you know the two Williams uh, guys are not not so trustworthy. <laughs> two Williams guys. Um, you had mentioned Malcolm <laughs> Brown is doubtful for Week 7 against the Falcons. You had updated us earlier. Got got some other updates here. Alvin Kamara is out officially for that Week 7 matchup against the Bears. Jared Cook is out uh, against the Bears as well. One other one that I saw, Josh Gordon. We talked about him a little bit earlier. He did not practice today. He did not practice on Friday. So Gordon's very unlikely to play, uh, on. I would guess, on Monday night when they take on the Jets, but we still have all weekend. So any any other thoughts on that that you didn't add earlier to, John? No, it's kind of way, the way things were heading. Uh, right. I'll update uh, rankings today so that everybody has uh, you know knows what to do heading into the weekend. All right. What about the receiving course for Kansas City? Will they still be trustworthy with Matt Moore under center? I'd imagine that Tyreek Hill is a guaranteed play. What about some of these other receivers? Yeah, I think Tyreek's still safe, but the offense isn't going to be able to support you know three or four pass catchers anymore. I mean, you look at you look at Matt Moore and what he's done in his career. He's fifty nine point four completion percentage, seven point zero yards per attempt. Both of those are very average. He does have a high touchdown rate, which is interesting, four point six percent. Um, which is the 19th highest touchdown rate of the 59 quarterbacks who since 2007 have attempted at least 1,000 passes. So he does throw touchdowns uh, at a higher rate than he, you know, given his number of starts and um, just the quality of his teams in Miami. Like he, he does throw touchdowns at a higher rate than you would expect. So I think he can still put up some points, um, but you know, he's not going to be a three, four touchdown guy like Mahomes. So you're, you're, Looking at Tyree Kill is probably a high-end wide receiver two most weeks. You know, Sammy Watkins, if he comes back, maybe he's a wide receiver three, wide receiver four, and then after that, it's kind of a crapshoot. Let's switch over to the Denver Broncos discussion, and we could probably make this one short. Joe Flacco, just awful again, 213 yards, zero touchdowns, zero interceptions. Uh, Vic Fangio said earlier today that he's not considering a, a quarterback change. They drafted Drew Locke in the second round. Sounds like he's going to be able to practice next week. He, he had been dealing with a thumb injury, so it's not like Drew Locke was available. But, I mean, they had they also had a backup, backup ready to go there uh, in Brandon Allen. But Joe Flacco, nevertheless, is, remains the Broncos' starting quarterback. But as we shift to the running back discussion, John, Philip Lindsay rushed 11 times for 36 yards. And Royce Freeman, I know, was a sneaky star for you. Only rushed 10 times for 35 yards, but did score a touchdown. What, what did you make of Denver as a whole, specifically the, the running back situation? Well, this game did not go the way that I thought it would. I mean, I, I thought a little bit on the Chiefs' side that they would struggle a little bit offensively, and I think they did, but a lot of that had to do with the injury to Mahomes. Um, although he didn't the, – the Chiefs' offense didn't look super sharp when he was in there either, in my opinion, and I think that's been something that's been going on for the last two or three weeks. But Yeah, I agree. Uh, on the flip side – 
I thought the Broncos would have a lot more success running the ball. The Chief, through six weeks, the Chiefs had given up 818 rushing yards to opposing running backs. They'd given up 247 receiving yards to opposing running backs. So 1,065 um, yards through six games to opposing backs, backfields. It's 177, 178 yards um, to opposing running backs. So I thought both Lindsey, I thought Lindsey was an RB1. I thought Bryce Freeman was like a good RB2, and he ended up being a good RB2, but Lindsey was a, was a dud. Um, so I thought the, the Broncos were going to come out and just establish the run, quote-unquote, um, drain the clock, play keep away. Uh, they tried that. They had the first, good first drive, uh, and then after that they couldn't do anything. Joe Flacco was terrible. Uh, and even though he was terrible, 213 yards, Cortland Sutton still put up 6 for 87. Uh, Emmanuel Sanders still put up 5 for 60. Uh, there just isn't anything else going on in the passing game, even though they, they did send five targets uh, to Royce Freeman, 4 for 32 for him. And then five targets to Noah Fant, one for one catch for seven yards to him. Philip Lindsay only had one uh, target, and he caught it for negative four yards. Um, so just wasn't happening. I, I think the, the positive news is that Sutton and Sanders still sort of produced decent fantasy games, despite the fact that Joe Flacco only threw for 213 yards and no touchdowns. All right, let's talk a little sneaky starts. Week seven, we've already talked about some of those sneaky starts, but let's cover a few more. Starting off with the quarterbacks, you like two, one you mentioned earlier in the podcast, but another one, maybe a little revenge spot for one. Who do you like? Yeah, Jacoby Brissett, I've got him starting in my Scott Fishbowl uh, Superflex League. Uh, he's got the Texans, their 21st adjusted fantasy points allowed to uh, quarterbacks. Brissett, he had a f- nice four-game run, um, scoring within in the range 16.3 to 22.5 points per game in that range. Then he had a bad game against the Chiefs, uh, 10.9 fantasy points. Um, but with the Texans uh, coming to town, uh, this is looking up, also coming off the bye, uh, T.Y. Hilton getting healthy. Uh, I think this is a good spot for him. The Texans have given up 273-3 and three to uh, Patrick Mahomes. They gave up 330 yards and three touchdowns to your boy Matt Ryan. And uh, 318 yards and two touchdowns to Phillip Rivers in the last few weeks. So this is a pretty good spot for Brissett. And then the other guy who's kind of a revenge play is not so much for Garoppolo, but for the head coach, Kyle Shanahan, is uh, playing against his old team. Uh, the Redskins, uh, you know, going to be motivated to maybe run up the score a little bit. And that could, uh, instead of being a 20 to 20 to 6 win, it might be a, a 40 to Forty to ten win or something for the for the 49ers this week if he decides to do that and that could mean more uh, touchdowns and fantasy points for Garoppolo. Um, the, Washington has been pretty bad against quarterbacks. Brady went off for four three forty eight and three. Mitch Trubisky even had three touchdowns uh, against them. Um, so Garoppolo, it, it's more of a run heavy offense the 49ers, but um, he is capable of two three touchdowns in this game I think and their, their implied total is twenty five point eight points so. Uh, the points have to come from somewhere, and usually the quarterback is, uh, accounts for some of those. You like two running backs this week. Who do, who do you have your eyes on? Yeah, the Royce Freeman one worked out, which was cool. Um, the Frank Gore one is the next one I'd like to talk about. These guys, this is the big revenge game, right? Gore played for Miami last right uh, last <laughs> season, and now he's uh, got him uh, up there in Buffalo. Uh, the Dolphins are awful. They're 30, uh, 32nd in adjusted fantasy points allowed to running backs at last in the league. Um, they've given up 200 total yards and 1.3 touchdowns on 34.7 backfield touches over the last three games. Uh, Gore has seen at least uh, 16 touches in his last four games uh, and is a big home favorite. I think he'll 
continue to see quite a bit of work. The the one concern here is the return of Devin Singletary, but he's coming off a multi-week injury. You know, you wonder how much the Bills are going to push him in a game that they should have in hand um, early on. So I guess it sort of depends on game flow, how much Singletary will play. I think he's a decent start as well. Um, but I'm thinking that the, the Bills won't push him too much in his first game back, and, and Gore will continue to carry the load. The one wide receiver that you want to discuss right now also goes with your quarterback, one of your quarterbacks. Who do you like wide receiver-wise? Well, I didn't talk about my other running back, which I forgot to. Oh, it's James White. Yeah, no, I think it's, it's uh, due to the Josh Gordon being out. James White, I think, is a, a, a nice play, and we'll have to see what Rex Burkhead's status is. Again, that's a Monday night game, so we're not going to know for sure probably until uh, inactives on Monday. Uh, but White should be quite involved against uh, the Jets. Uh, Dante Pettis is the the guy you were referring to. Uh, he obviously has disappointed relative to his uh, draft stock and his ADP. Uh, he's had a rough start to the season, just kind of working his way back into the starting lineup and being the top receiver there. He's not a true number one. Uh, obviously, that the the, the offense goes through uh, George Kittle, uh, and it is sort of a run heavy offense. So there isn't you know a lot of passing yards to go around to two guys not named Kittle or Breda or even Tevin Coleman uh, but he led all San Francisco receivers last week in snaps 72 percent targets with six and with yards and 40 with 45 and Debo Samuel last I checked was not practicing so if he's out I think you're going to end up with a lot of snaps for Pettis and Marquise Goodwin you know maybe Kendrick Bourne is, is rotating in um, but with this matchup against the uh, the Redskins, 29th and adjusted fantasy points allowed, um, I think this might be a game where Pettis, you know, he had 359 yards and four touchdowns in his final five games last season. You know, maybe he starts to build back towards the kind of season that we thought he was going to have uh, as a sophomore. And Debo Samuel is officially out for Week Seven against the Redskins, so that came yep, out good spot the for last Pettis then. 20 minutes or so. Uh, all right. Mentioned the quarterbacks, running backs, and wide receivers. How about a couple of tight ends that you're looking at sneaky starts for week seven? Yeah, it's such a miserable position if you don't have one of the studs or one of the guys that turned into a stud like Mark Andrews or Austin Hooper or Darren Waller. Um, but Dawson Knox is interesting. Uh, given the matchup against Miami, a lot of touchdowns should be scored by the Bills, or they're capable of it. Uh, his snaps have increased over the last four games from 54% to 56 to 65 to 72%. Uh, he hasn't been hugely involved, but he has eight passes for 137 yards uh, and a score in the last three games. He's the 12th most air yards in that span at his position. Uh, and air yards are usually a precursor to production. Um, so I think he is a decent uh, dart throw, uh, sneaky start at the tight end position. And uh, I mentioned Foster Moreau earlier. Uh, he has played 46% and 62% of the snaps uh, with the Ravers just completely banged up at receiver. Uh, and he's been playing and getting some red zone work as well. Um, he has he had three catches for 30 yards and a touchdown uh, and four for 46 uh, in back-to-back games. So I think he's another dart throw, of t- especially Tyrell Williams is out and looks like he will be. Uh, they, they're going to run a lot of 12 personnel and, and have Waller and Moreau in the, on the field together, I think. And uh, he's the type of, you know, the second tight end is usually the player that, defenses forget about uh especially in the red zone so I, I wouldn't be surprised if he catches a touchdown against the Packers all right how about some streaming defensive options before we wrap things up here 
Yeah, I think the two obvious streamers, I mean, the, the 49ers have been, I mentioned them on the pod, I think, last week, and I've been talking with Kevin Zatlukal about them. They're an interesting case. They're, they really have come on on the defensive side of the ball, and their matchup against Case Keenum is, is fantastic. The Bills, obviously, against Miami, a lot of people were picking them up early this week or even before their bye so that they, they would be able to start them at home against Miami. So those are the two obvious ones, but they're still out there on 35% of Yahoo waiver wires. Um, and then after that, I do like the Packers against uh, a shorthanded uh, Oakland offense. Uh, we mentioned the injuries before. They All they really have going for them right now are Waller and maybe Josh Jacobs. Um, and then the Titans against the Chargers and then the Chargers against the Titans in that game. That could be a slugfest, uh, kind of an ugly game. Uh, both defensive squads are, are interesting there. Um, and then the Saints uh, at home, or actually on the road in Chicago against Trubis- Mitch Trubisky. I think the Saints are better defensively than they're getting credit for. They had, they're grinding out wins defensively. And they've just been generally been tough on that side of the ball. Um, so I think with Trubisky coming back, maybe he's a little shaky. Uh, maybe there's a turnover, some sacks there. Maybe there's a, a return touchdown, something like that. I think the Saints are a good play as well. Beautiful. All right, that's John Paulson. I'm Anthony Stalter. I hope you enjoyed this week's podcast. Hope you have a lot of success in your fantasy leagues as well. That'll do it for us. We'll be back next Friday with kind of a similar format, update you on injuries, also discuss some of the news get to some sneaky starts too as we head into week eight already week seven now and then uh you know we'll be midway point next week so football season already moving quickly for john paulson i'm anthony stalter we'll see you next time on 444.com the most accurate podcast